Nikki Jensen and Brie Picconi and we're late, late to, to the, the party. party. Hey, hey Nick, how's it going, Brie? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's, ugh, I don't know. It's been a day, but I'm just gonna keep it rolling, keep it moving. There we go. That's the spirit. Yeah. The only way. Oh man, I was gonna say the only way forward is forward, but that's the only way out is through. There we go. That's a better one. But and no, I've actually been doing really good. I just yeah, it's just something weird day, weird day. Um, so yeah, if I sound weird this episode, it is because like I did take some medication, so like fingers crossed that that I don't just like. I don't know, vomit or fall asleep. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Philandries intertwined. Yeah. But yeah, everything else has been pretty good. Um, I got my platform Steve Madden uh, flip-flops. I am so excited for and you. I'm like obsessed. I wore them yesterday with like a crop top and bike shorts and like a high pony. And I, I'm not going to lie, I kind of was feeling myself. Like I felt like. A little Barbie. <laughs> you are like totally rocking that look. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so jelly. <laughs> I like, I'm not like tall, but I'm taller than you, and I'm taller than a lot of people that I'm usually like shorter than, and it's trippy. Yeah, <laughs> but I like it. I How like does it feeling. <laughs> They're like so tall, but like I'm not like tall. I'm like five six probably. That's not tall, but but that's not. I don't know. I'm a tiny person, so it's, like, it's a good thing for me, but everyone else probably still is, like, look at that short bitch. <laughs> oh, man. But how have you been, Brie? I've been good. Yeah. I feel like this past week has gone by really fast. I don't know. But. Yeah. It really has. I've been good, though. Good. Good. Yeah. I got something in the mail that I'm excited to to show you. What is it? Is it another DJ kit? It is not. I still, okay, I ordered a DJ kit, like, over a month ago, and I still have not used it, so I really, I need to get to stepping. I need to get to mixing. I have, like, an ongoing list of mashup ideas, so I gotta make it happen. Is it so weird that I just envision you, ever since you got this DJ kit, I, like, picture, like, a little, like, Brianna Guetta, just, like, in your room, <laughs> just, like pretending that you're like on some stage in Miami or like Ibiza <laughs> and you're just like I'd be like this and then I got yeah. my hand in which, the air to the audience like which yeah this is not uh, a video podcast <laughs> but I'm doing the like international like hand movements for being a DJ yeah that no honestly yeah one night I should bust it out <laughs> Just funky colored lights, and I hear like the bass, yeah, and like the, the beat drop. Exactly. But what did you buy? What did you buy, Brie? Okay, well, it's something I want to reveal to you, like in like a video, and it's related <gasps> to hit clips. No, 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 no! It came in. It came in. I was so stoked, and I just can't wait to like show you and review these items because I think it'll be really fun. So, can you exp or like briefly explain to everyone? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone 
Well, I don't know if everyone knows what hit clips are, but they should. <laughs> I'm very much wanting to bring back hit clips. They're little clips that play the hits. <laughs> exactly. It's like 30 seconds of music. That's all you get. It's a little clip. Um, Pre-iPod. Pre-iPod. That's what we had. That's what we had to get through. And a lot of them were like the little travel ones. And you just, it's basically like one earphone, not even two. It's just for one ear. You stick it in your ear. You press the button. Oh, man, they were only for one ear? Yeah, you don't you remember? No, I feel like this is like a, not like a Mandela effect, but like, maybe it is. Is that what a Mandela effect is? I just could have, sw- I don't know, it's hard to, I don't know. I I'm like almost ears. 100% certain it was one ear, because I only had one hit clip. And I know you, you have the alarm clock, and didn't, did you have the boombox too, or? I did, I had multiple boom, I mean, this is like an only child thing. I had a lot of boom boxes. I had the hit clap, hit clap alarm clock. I had a plethora of hit clips, but but yeah, you ordered you ordered some, and you wanna yeah, you well, wanna make a video about it. I found a lot of other um, devices, let's say, that play hit clips that you would not expect. So yeah, well, I'm excited. Me too. Well, yeah. we are talking today. We're we're going back in time again. Yep. Um, but a time where the iPod had already come out. <laughs> First gen iPod though. Like mm-hmm. the iPod just, just period, yeah. The OG. But like hit clips were a thing in the past. We are talking the two thousand three Academy Awards. <sighs> Which can I say? Mm-hmm. This is gonna be an interesting episode to talk about because last week was the slap. Uh, the Will uh-huh. Smith and Chris Rock. So I feel like I feel like there's still some like weirdness about the Oscars in the air. Yeah, but we're not stopping. We're gonna no. keep talking well, about this. This is the our Oscars. final episode in the series. Unless oh, we change our it? mind. Yeah, unless we change our mind. Unless true. we change like for the for foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. And um so I feel like that's like a little like thing that's lingering. And also this year. Miramax and Harvey Weinstein did play, like, a large part in it and did a lot of campaigning. And, like, three out of five of the Best Picture nominees and four out of five or three out of five of the Best Actress nominees mm-hmm. were, like, Harvey Weinstein, Miramax related. Mm. So that's a thing. It was interesting. But I'm really excited to talk to you about it, like, despite that. <laughs> Same. I know. Or because of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were a lot of good movies, even though, yeah, even though they're Miramax. Oh, no, no, no. I, hot take. I love Miramax films. Harvey Weinstein is a trash okay. person, but he knows how to produce a great film. I have to agree. Okay, because, like, as a kid, I just remember growing up and seeing Miramax, and I remember being like, oh, I love Miramax. Like, they're, they're putting yeah. out some real movies and thinking, like, you know, these are these movies are different than the real. I mean, I guess they're pretty big now, but you know, like I guess say like I don't know what at DreamWorks or what what's a big one or like um Columbia, Columbia Universal, Universal the like, big those are the big ones. Yeah, but yeah, Disney. even it, though they had a connection to Disney. Oh yeah, didn't Disney they owned Miramax for a while, right? Mm-hmm. But they sold it twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah, well, and this is also like funny enough to bring up Disney. This was a time like. By October 2002, Miramax, I think, was in, like, the bottom. It was, like, number nine for highest grossing, like, films 
and um they uh they were like on the outs with disney mm. so like it was not like poised for like a good year for miramax and then like weinstein and like the, all of them were like yeah wait wait till oscar season they're right so interesting yeah i agree with your hot take though hate harvey <laughs> weinstein um but yeah I've, i love some miramax films it's 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 a uh, I don't know. Just extrapolate a sound bite where we're both like, and I love Harvey Weinstein. I know, like someone's gonna cut this <laughs> up. And- this is great. <laughs> <laughs> don't get it twisted, y'all. No, I think. Okay, this is a year to. Okay, this is also the year where Roman Polanski wins uh, Best Director. You mean Roman Polanski? <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's what I've been saying like all yes, day. Yes, Nicki Minaj. Yes, Nicki. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's just going to be a little bit of a problematic year, but it's a problematic fave. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm excited It's not about Adrian it. Brody's fault, you know? No, it's not. Okay. I also hot take. I love Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah. So what if he went on SNL in 2003 and introduced Sean Paul in a Rastafarian costume and accent? And so what if he just grabbed Holly Berry at an award show against her will and planted a smooch on her he's an underrated actor and a heartthrob and i love him and his nose (laughs) you're like i wish that was me i wish he grabbed me gave me a smooch i know oh boy wow i know what you're saying though him and the the rasta look i don't it's it is cringy but it's kind of funny because it's adrian brody it's like you don't you're not ready for it (laughs) feel like he gets a pass oddly i don't it wasn't like malintent it was chaotic energy it was very chaotic yeah but it wasn't like hey stars nowadays do way worse mm. that's all i'm saying yeah true i don't know wow. i love adrian brody and his nose good so i'm not <laughs> the only one no cool so yeah let's just talk about the 75th Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. So the winners were announced during the award ceremony on March 23rd, 2003. And Chicago became the first musical film to win Best Picture since Oliver in 1968. It's a long time to pass for a musical to win. I know. I mean, like last year with the 2002 Academy Awards, uh, Moulin Rouge was nominated, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I don't know. I don't think since. I don't know. Was Lamez nominated or was it just Anne Hathaway? Mm, I'm thinking. I thought Lamez was really good. I feel like it should be nominated. If it wasn't, I don't know. Was Lamez nominated or is Chicago like the last? What about. um, Is Moonlight a musical, would you say? Or not Moonlight? <laughs> La La Land? La La Land, yeah. Um, I, I was thinking... Moonlight? <laughs> no, Moonlight is definitely not a Oh musical. my god, Mahershala Ali being like... We're on the street. <laughs> so I was thinking of La La Land, but I was thinking of how Moonlight actually won. So it was... You know what I mean? I was thinking about both of them at the same time and just... <laughs> I feel like La La Land could have been named Moonlight because they sang in dance underneath the moonlight a lot. Exactly. Oh, man. That's like, you know, it's so funny knowing, like, 
you know, the whole monologue at the end of Moonlight about Moonlight and, you know, kind of explains why it's called Moonlight and so deep and profound and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, can you imagine if La La Land was named Moonlight and like someone's trying to explain and they're like, yeah, it's Moonlight because, you know, they tap dance under the moonlight. (laughs) It's like such like a frivolous like meaning behind it. Yeah. Yeah. This guy likes jazz. (laughs) Moonlight. (laughs) Man, it's a good thing they had two different titles that year then. Okay, so I'm just looking up Les Mis 2012. <sighs> it was Moonlight a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe that's what I said. It's all good. I knew what you meant. I just also couldn't think of La La Land. Can you imagine, like, in five, six years, how we just, like, totally... That movie, like, doesn't exist anymore. Poor La La Land. La La Land counts as a musical, so I'll say that. And, um... Lame is. <sighs> oh, it's not important. But now we've come so far. What a- what about Cruella? It was nominated for Best Picture. Okay. It should. I thought it should be. So, good. Very well. No comment. <laughs> for me. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, I think, like... Or, not like, I should stop saying, like, um, Anne Hathaway's Fatine yeah. is great. What about Hugh Jackman? Jackman's okay. Jackman's good. J- Jackman's a musical man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's I all think, you have to say. That's all I have to say. I I think... I think, like, the lame is novelty of, like, Tom Hooper being like, you have to sing live, and... I don't know. I it, In one hand... I don't know. This is just gonna go on a rabbit hole. I don't know. Lame is alright. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so, and um, Adrian Brody was the youngest person to win Best Actor at the age of 29. Brody. 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 Um, Meryl Streep became the most nominated actor in Oscar history this night um, with her 13th nomination. And Jack Nicholson earned his 12th nomination, Hmm. extending his record as the most nominated male performer. That is crazy to me. That he is the most nominated. I mean, I'll <laughs> hot take. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I think he's good. I like him, and I, he has been in a lot of different movies. But I feel like Tor, like as he's gotten older, he just plays the same person in every movie to me. Yeah, I feel like I guess- he got very like pigeonholed in like an about Schmidt mm-hmm. type of like escrow with those windbreakers. <laughs> with those windbreakers. Um. Hmm. Okay, Julianne Moore was nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress for her roles in Far From Heaven and The Hours. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know if like you've heard about Brie the like a curse, where it's like, oh, if you're nominated twice, it kind of cancels each other out. I have heard that. Um, it's very interesting to me. Yeah, thoughts on that? It seems to be true, though, right? I would say so. I haven't seen a time that I can think of where um, someone has one in those in that situation. But I'm sure someone. I wonder. I wonder. I can't. I don't. I can't think of any. And yeah, I can't imagine because I don't know. It might look rigged or something. I don't know. Hmm. Not that that would make sense. I I don't really know. 
Yeah. So do you believe? I totally believe that's a like a quote unquote curse. Mm-hmm. But then usually they end up winning. So like Julianne Moore did end up winning the Oscar. Oh, just not that year. Yeah, just many years later. Yeah. Or, yeah. So it's a sign. If you're getting that many nominations, it's a good sign. Totally. But you probably won't win that year if you have more than one nomination. Probably because then they'll be like, oh, well, you know, you're nominated next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I feel like and also in the the film system, like the movie system, they have movies like locked and loaded for the following year and... By, like, February, March, when, like, the Oscar nominations are released, you know, the Academy kind of has in the back of their mind what's what's in production, so. Is it just, like, also, is it just, like, supporting actor and best actor? Like, is it just those two or, like, any category? Because I am thinking, like, um, not to just bring it back to Roberto Benigni, but... He was nominated a couple, t- like for director mm-hmm. and actor. But is that different? Is it different when you're not? I think acting a, in two movies or something. I think it's a little different because I think it's totally like, like an actor thing. Mm. Like, um, I don't know. I the actors are cursed. <laughs> the actors are cursed, but also I think the actors can be treated more as like pawns. Like this is just speculation, but like when the Academy is like you know, casting their votes. Like, actors are, like, movable parts, whereas, like, a director, just, like, films in general are kind of... I don't know they're taken more seriously, I suppose. Gotcha. Or being like, well, this is their shot, their time. It takes so much to make a film, but an actor can be in multiple films a year, and, like, they'll have their shot again, so it's kind of used. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know if these uh these uh pills are kicking in. They Do are? I like I kind of feel like I'm like so I'm like you're talking about the Oscars. Nikki took the blue pill too, I which did. means like is does that mean you're staying in the Matrix? I think so. <laughs> so Bray, like reel me in if this episode gets really weird cuz I took the blue pill. Okay. I will try my best. <laughs> Um, do you want me to? You have to talk about a few this facts. one, and we'll I'm... talk about this one later. But you have to talk about this yes. one. Okay, so "Lose Yourself" from Eight Mile became the first rap song to win the Best Original Song Award. Yeah, Mom Spaghetti. Mom Spaghetti. Which did which you... we had Mom Spaghetti for dinner? Oh my god, tonight. we ate Mom Spaghetti. Yes. Uh, wait, what are you doing? Woo! That was a high five, not a slap. No, I just um, walked up to her casually, (laughs) a la Will Smith, and just schmack. I was so trying so hard not to knock over the microphone. Same. I was like trying to be so delicate. Yeah, mom spaghetti. Um, and then another fact: as of 2022, oh, I feel like Nikki. I feel like you should say this one because it's your favorite. Oh yeah. So as of 2022. Uh, Spirited Away is the first and only hand-drawn film, as well as being the first and only non-English language animated film to win the best um, animated feature category. But yeah, I love Spirited Away. So when we, we'll like do like a little, we'll touch on all these categories a lot more, but yeah. 
I, Spirited Away is one of my favorite films. I mean, you literally right now are sitting right below a poster of Spirited Away in your room. So, oh yeah, hey, I love I love that film. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the ceremony a little bit. Yeah. So, like I said before, uh, March twenty third, two thousand three, is when the ceremony was held, and it was hosted by Steve Martin. Um, but the kind of crazy part is the war in Iraq began. Like, we invaded Iraq a couple days before, a week before. Yeah. So this was really fresh on people's minds. Uh, the red carpet was different. Um, speeches were, like, people would mention it. I know Nicole came in when she won Best Actress. She kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, yeah. This was the year Michael Moore won for Bowling for Columbine, and he – um. You know, he said some shit about George Bush, and the crowd kind of cheered and kind of booed, and it was just a yeah, it's like a hot button issue for a bit. Well, so. and I, I am pretty sure I read that he like had some people, like some of his friends or relatives in the audience, that he had them boo. Oh, really? To be controversial, like even though it didn't reflect his views, just to be like, I don't know, I guess to hype it up or just to show that America has different views. I don't know. It was an interesting take. So. Interesting. Yeah, what do you think about the whole Michael Moore speech bit? Um, I don't know. I'm not mad at it. I mean, it it, it it's well. Should I? Yeah, just, read his um. Yeah, just a bit read of a speech to to the peeps. Okay, so um, he gave a speech and said that we live in a time where we have fictitious election results that elects the fictitious president. We live in a time where we have a man sending us to war for fictitious reasons. And, um, I don't know. It makes me feel like it reminds me of recent times, honestly, because I feel like a lot of people have said things like that. Um, I know. About our former, uh, president. So I'm like, oh. or this one, let's go or- Brandon. Or this one. Yeah. I guess it's whoever. I don't know. We're in a different time now than we were in 2003. Yeah. We totally thought that Bush was a buffoon and the worst president ever. I remember that. I remember thinking that or like everyone around yeah. me thinking that. I, um, I miss those times. <laughs> I But Michael Moore did mention like the Dixie Chicks in his speech and. Like, that whole situation was fucked, so. Yeah. I agree with that, for sure. And at the time, I, I can totally understand why people like Michael Moore or the Dixie Chicks would be frustrated, and I understand why Wait, wh- the opposite reaction. What do you mean? Like, what happened to the – like, I know that they spoke out, but, like, we, what was the situation? What do you mean? With the Dixie Chicks? Yeah. So, like, after the Dixie Chicks basically – um, we're like Bush, you know, we are ashamed that our president's from Texas. Yeah. Um, the Dixie Chicks, there were like people that were burning their records en masse, like uh, they were blackballed by radio stations. Um, it just kind of ruined their career. Mm. I didn't know people were actually like burning their CDs though. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not not to copy the, the song. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, they weren't Napstering or lime wiring. They were like burning their CDs and like they were getting death threats and yeah, like the the right was I on feel like full attack. Mad respect though for them saying something. Well, and they didn't back down. That's a, a thing too. And I think Michael Moore's never really 
back down from his views and likes a controversy. So good or bad, it's like kudos. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But so that was all going on. Like, tense times. Yeah. The war in Iraq just started, uh, you know, two years after 9-11. So things were going on. And it, it was a different time because, like, I can understand it now in hindsight. Yeah. From both point of views because we were very patriotic in 2003, too, because of what happened with 9-11. And we still had that kind of, like, on our brains and with the war. So there were a lot of things going on, but it still was a simpler time now in retrospect. I agree. I look back and I'm like, dang. Like, it kind of feels like, kind of like, like, what he's saying about the times anyways kind of feels like, kind of like now, except, like. Now it's, like, ten times worse. I know. But, or this is what it feels like. I don't who know. who knows? Like, 20 years later, we might be saying that about these times. Who's to say? That's true. Who is to say? But I really loved how uh, Steve Martin joked to lighten the mood afterwards. He was like, the Teamsters are helping Michael Moore into the trunk of his limo. <laughs> I like that, too. I do, too. I, yeah, I love Steve Martin. Yeah, me, too. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's like a fun host and I kind of wish, I don't know, maybe it would be more like of a Golden Globes thing, but like this year, I kind of wish like a Steve Martin, Martin Short would have hosted the Oscars instead. That'd be really cool. I know. And they have that new show with Selena Gomez. Oh my God. That could have been the three. Oh, and Selena Gomez could have brought in, you know, the young folk and mm-hmm. and she couldn't mess it up more than like james franco and anne hathaway did so i think ah oh, that would have been a better idea thoughts <laughs> that would be really fun i i still haven't seen that show either but i either i will it's on my to watch but wait selena gomez like in 2003 or like no, now no now okay sorry about that like last <laughs> weeks because oh I, and okay i get what you're because, saying yeah i wasn't a fan of amy schumer and like wanda sykes and regina hall hosting yeah I feel like Steve Martin and Martin Short and then bring in Selena Gomez because it, they have that show. There we go. Bring in the young viewers. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Could be the blue pill, but I think <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch. I would too. Um, Honestly, anyone's better than Amy Schumer. I'm sorry. Okay. So you think that because we didn't talk about that last week. But, like, I have, like, a, a very strong feeling to her as the host. Yeah. I don't know. I have mixed feelings, but also, like, uh, I don't know. I just think it was mu- a little too much. She did a little too much. But anyway, let's not, let's not waste our time on Um, Can we talk about fashion? Uh, yeah. Fashion. 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 Well. Julianne Moore looked amazing on the red carpet. Oh, my God. Julianne Moore, like a redhead in emerald green. That's exactly what Superior. I was Superior. Mm-hmm. I felt like the urge to high-five you. <laughs> <laughs> like air five. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking that, too. Something about that combo just, I don't know. So good. And what is she wearing? Ah. She it looks like Armani Privé, but it is. Oh, it's Yves Saint Laurent designed by Tom Ford. Hmm. 
very classy choice. Damn, it's great. I don't love the shoes, but oh, everything about that, I'm in love with. It's like a, how would you describe this dress? Well, it is strapless, and it's, you know what, it almost is mermaidy, and it has like a one giant ruffle that's kind of going from the top um, all the way to the bottom in the middle, like, of the dress, like, in the front. Um, it's like, it's not like a super roughly dressed either, and it's not, I don't know, it's hard to, and she just looks like a gorgeous mermaid to me. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, this was the year Sean Connery. Or a pirate shirt? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I know people are hating on this pirate shirt, and they said that like he looks like he's like at an opening of the new Long John Silvers or something. It's I, very Seinfeld. It is, and I love it. I I think it's great. I don't know why more people don't wear like ascots and and pirate shirts, and I don't know. I think it's fun. I say yo ho. You know, I actually agree. I. I think this is, like, a moment for Sean Connery. Like, he's already done it all by 2003. Like, why not? It's, like, some panache. Some pizzazz. Right? Yeah. I feel like he needs an accessory, though. Like, a top hat or something. Something. You know what I mean? Just to... Because he's got so much going on right here. Right in the chest. Right in the chest. Yeah. I agree. I... I don't hate it. It's weird. I feel like it's like something only Sean Connery can get away with. Also, when I think of Sean Connery because of my age, because I'm so young, I think about Sean Connery wearing this like pirate shirt. Like that's like in my mind how Sean Connery looks anyways. <laughs> so I'm like, that's what he always wears. I know he, you know, is 007, blah, blah, blah. But He's a distinguished gentleman. Yeah. I mean, I think he can pull it off. What about Benefer 1.0? I don't know, but they look hot. They both look hot, just saying. Um, I've never really looked at Ben Affleck as an attractive person. <laughs> I don't know if that's that's a hot take, but... Hot take, though? He's only hot when he's with J-Lo. With J-Lo, yeah. Yeah. Especially in this picture. It's like where way his hair is slicked back. It looks darker than normal, and he has like a... Does he have a mole? What is going on? I swear he looks... He's just, he looks like he's got something going on. He's a terrible spray tan. Oh, that's true. His face does not <laughs> match his neck. Oh, no. You can really see the line. Oh, no. Why did they do that to him? But more importantly, J-Lo is wearing, it doesn't say in this article, the designer, but her mint green one-shoulder dress, <gasps> she looks fantastic. She does. It's very... Very beautiful. Best dress for me. Like, also, improvement over her 2002 Academy Awards dress. Mm -hmm. Like, that pink with, like, the poof hair not doing it for me. Yeah. This is it. This is it. I agree. Oof. Um, we've got Jennifer Garner. Um, she's having some boob, um, <laughs> issues. It looks, it looks painful, actually. It's like, it looks like she, like, squeezed into, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, her little sister's dress or something for prom. I don't know. It, it really does. Uh, it just, it's not hitting in the right spots. Like, I just feel like it would hurt a lot. I'm just, I don't know. And I don't, I, I don't think she has that big of a, ch you know, I feel like, I can feel her pain. For sure. Um, 
Another dress that I was not fond of was Selma Hayek's dress. Uh, she is always gorgeous, and I love the top of it, but the bottom, like, or maybe it's just the way... Where it cuts? Where it cuts, but it just not. She looks like a gnome, and she's a gorgeous <laughs> woman. <laughs> she looks like a gnome. I was literally just looking at this, and I don't remember noticing this before, but you can't see her feet at all. So it kind of no. looks like she's a stump, like she just is like a... You know what I'm saying? She's like a gorgeous little like figurine. You know those like little like in the early 2000s, those like little things, like the little people that you would get out of the um, like the gum machine type, yeah. like the machines. You know those like little figurines of the little people. I know like what the you're homies. Saying. I think they were called. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a little homie, like just proportionate wise, not in the face. Yeah, like the most gorgeous homie. The most gorgeous homie. Oh, boy. But top up, great. Like, and also I've seen, like, shots of Selma Hayek at the award, like, in the ceremony. Mm-hmm. She looks great. It's just this bottom of the dress. Yeah. No, I agree. The bottom, just don't look at the bottom. That's, and you'll be fine. But I feel so strongly because she's, like, a tiny lady and I'm a tiny lady. Like, people, like, our height, like, you can't be 5'2 and do something like that to yourself. You just can't. It sucks, but well, hopefully she's learned her lesson. <laughs> I know. Oh, I think she has. She like continues to look better on the red carpet throughout the decades. Yeah. Um, oh my god, best dressed for me was Kate Hudson. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh wow, yeah, she looks great. I was gonna say her and Holly Berry have like a very like they have a similar dress that's kind of um kind of sheer, kind of nude bedazzledy you know a similar vibe oh yeah what is what is kate hudson like what is she wearing and she's doing the peace sign by the way oh yeah this was her era like just off uh almost famous where she was still married to the black crows singer chris robinson yeah i want to know is is it valentino Kate Hudson's 2003 Oscar dress was made out of 14 karat gold. Uh, it <gasps> was designed by Donatella Versace. Ooh. Um, it was she hand sewed the lace embroidery onto the gorgeous gown, and it has like the best little cap sleeve and like the small train, and it's so good. Yeah, no, I like the way it fits like on the top. It kind of hugs on the top, and then it kind of there's like a train and. It is gorgeous. I didn't know if she... Wow. She hand-stitched it? Yeah. Oh, I love some Versace. Oh, I love Versace. <laughs> but yeah, who is your best dressed? Um, it's definitely not Stardust and Evan Sugarman. <laughs> or is it? Also kind of looked like gnomes. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, I might agree with you. I mean, either Sean Connery? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think you're right. I think Kate Hudson, Sean Connery, <laughs> Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore, yeah, J Lo, yeah. I think that's how it goes. Want to get into the the winners? Sure. The winners, the losers. So for best picture, we have Chicago, Gangs of New York, The Hours, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and The Pianist. And Chicago won Best Picture, which well-deserved. 
watch. Yeah. It was so much fun watching Chicago. Let me just say. Like, it was... We were talking about this. Like, it was what we wanted Moulin Rouge to be. Mm-hmm. And what I thought I remembered Moulin Rouge to be, but... I know, same. I don't... This is, like, beginning of Rob Marshall's career, and it's just, like... It starts with a bang. Like, literally, Chicago starts with a bang, but it just... There's something, like, the moment the movie begins yeah no it gets you from the very beginning like you, with the music i think it starts with all that jazz right it does and the the movie is good as far as a movie mm-hmm. you know i'm a fan of the musical as well but it's a, it's a good film but also the performances are great and they don't actually like they don't have to go that hard they do they do. I I like, too, just how it was filmed, just, like, with the lighting and how, like, it would do flashes to, like, when what looks like it would you would be on stage, like, whatever was happening in, um, in, um, gosh, what do I want to call her, Lisa? Hold on. Roxy. Uh, Roxy. I knew it was a four-letter. on everybody's lips is going to be. <laughs> Roxy. Yeah. No, I loved, um, I think it was very clever, like, the Rob Marshall pitch was you know chicago but the scenes are like kind of flashes between things in roxy's mind Mm -hmm. and what's going on and and because it's film and not on stage you can kind of you can show that more you can show her inner world a lot more and show it from that yeah show it like sort from that lens so i thought that was very cool i thought so too i was here for it like what a cool way to tell a story. Also, fun fact, kind of fun fact, like uh, with the Weinstein of it all, I didn't realize that basically as far as involvement, the um, like Weinstein could care less about Chicago. Basically, that's not where like the money went. It was all, well, because Miramax it was m- all these films, essentially, except, like, The Pianist or, like, or the you know what I mean? This was, like, Miramax's year to win anyways. Yeah. So they were like, well, which films are we going to pay attention to? Which actors are we going to pay attention to? And for Best Picture, it was all about Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. Which I do remember at the time seeing so much promotional material for Gangs of New York. It was insane. I do, too. Except in my mind... I never actually had seen Gangs of New York before. Like, I thought it was going to be more, like, mafia. Because <laughs> I think I'm just used to, like, I just think New York, you know? Scorsese, too. Scorsese, exactly. You know how he do. Um, But no, it's it's way back. It's in the 1800s. Oh, Cameron Diaz with, like, the worst Irish accent. I know. I was going to say it's so funny seeing Cameron Diaz up there like that and just, I don't know. Also, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. John C. Riley is in it again, which he's in, like, almost every single movie that is nominated. Just, like, chilling. Was, okay, so I know, like, we always talk about, you know, Weinstein had his roster of ladies, especially this year with, like, Renee Zellweger or, like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. So we always talk about the Weinstein ladies, but is John C. Riley like the Weinstein man? Is he? Because he was in okay, well he was in Chicago. Or like Weinstein produced. Yeah. Um Gangs of New York. I saw him. Weinstein. 
The Hours? Weinstein. Conspiracy. He was probably... Wait, no, Lord of the Rings is not Weinstein. He was probably he was Shakespeare pro- in Love in the background and we just didn't know. <laughs> I bet you, oh my gosh, we should go back and watch all the Weinstein movies. Conspiracy. Oh, yeah, he's just chilling there. I mean, he actually... I feel like he did do things, but I don't know. I just remember in Gangs of New York when I saw him just in the... I was like, wait a minute, another one? Wait, I've like watching these movies back to back and like then he just is there. It's like kind of trips you out, you know? Kind of like when... um, Is it Ray Fiennes? Mm-hmm. Was in like... No, it's not Ray Fiennes. It's <laughs> Joseph Fiennes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, we've seen Ray Fiennes a lot. We've seen Ray Fiennes. No, it's Joseph Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes, my bad. In, John C. Uh, Riley's more involved than Joseph Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes was only in um, Shakespeare in Love and Elizabeth. John C. Riley's in literally all of these films. True. Yeah. He was probably a hobbit as well. We just don't know it. <laughs> Conspiracy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Chicago won, but also nominated was The Hours. Yeah. Which uh, I thought that movie was really good. I feel like I could see why it would be nominated. I think so as well. Like, I I really love The Hours. Yeah. And, like, the performance. I was going to say, great performances. Amazing performances across the board. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it's it's uh, it's Meryl Streep. It's Julianne, Julianne Moore. Moore. Yeah. Nicole Kidman. Ed Harris. What more do you want? It's also, like, one of those movies where watching it, I was realizing, okay, this is a movie that's prime pickings for, like, for um for the Oscars. Because when we talk about categories like Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor, like, the Supporting Actress Actor is, like, such, like, a nebulous category because you can be a supporting character and have, like, a million lines or, like, two. Like, literally, too. Right. Wasn't that part of the controversy is, like, well, um, Nicole Kidman is, like, she's nominated for Best Actress, mm-hmm. right? And she's, her screen time is less than Julianne Moore, or, like, but then Meryl Streep. Maybe it's Meryl Streep. Or it's all of, you know. Something like that. I think she has the least screen time between the, the three ladies, but somehow she's the lead. I don't know if that's, like, you get into, like politics or whatever when you talk about like who gets nominated for those yeah or like in which but uh or like but screen time wise i have no clue how actually how that works yeah i i think it's up to the the voters or something it's something to do with the academy but uh but my point was this movie there's so many great supporting performances where it was just really prevalent to me. I was like, oh, as an actor, it does not ma- – it literally does not matter if you have all the screen time or literally, like, two scenes. You could have one scene and, and make the most out of it and be deserving of a best actor, best actress nomination, you know? Mm. Like, just so good. They did – they did what they had to do. They understood the assignment, they you did. know? They were so good. So it was cool to see um Alice and Janney as well. Yeah. Just, you know, making an appearance. There are so many just like people there. Like Claire Danes playing like Meryl Streep's daughter was interesting too. I was like, hey. Yeah. But um 
Yeah, I really enjoyed the hours. What did you think of Nicole Kidman's nose? Loved it. <laughs> I loved how she was transformed. Just like, I don't know. I forgot it was Nicole Kidman. I was like, completely like, yeah, that's Virginia Woolf. Sure, yeah. I think she just, I mean, I think the nose helped, but I think everything else she did, like the way she talked, the way she just, her eyes, the way she used her eyes to express things and just really, she's so into character. I know that's what she does, but like, so good. Ah. Oh. So good. Well, then, can we talk about Best Actress for a second, then? Sure. Because Let's... Nicole Kidman does win. Okay, because I did really want to talk about Best Actress. Okay. Nicole Kidman, also thinking about 2003 Nicole Kidman, she was just coming off last year. She was nominated for Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, like, post-Tom Cruise divorce. She was already... Those iconic shots of her, like, leaving, signing the divorce papers, just being like, woohoo! I yes! Think of that. But, I do, too. But, like, this was, like, Nicole Kidman's moment. Yeah. And, you know, she had Eyes Wide Shut in 99, and, like, The Others was a success. Oh, The Others. I remember loving that movie. And I think this is the first Nicole Kidman performance where... We do see her as a character actress mm-hmm. and like how and how good she is. Yeah. And she hasn't stopped. Like Nicole Kidman's one of my favorite actresses, hands down. Hands down. I agree. Um, and she does use a lot of like it's a meme now. She uses a lot of wigs or like this this nose, the Virginia Woolf nose. Which did you know that she used that nose out out in a boot just like <laughs> so that the paparazzi she could get like under the radar. Oh, really? Apparently. I don't know if that's, like, facts, but I read that she just, like, would just, you know, put the nose on and people would recognize her less and she'd just go about her business. And she loved wearing the nose. Good for her. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Queen. I wonder if she still has that nose. Just has it, like, in, um, like, one of those cases. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like, with a spotlight underneath. Like, just, like, And sometimes she whips it out and just, like, sticks it on. Yeah. I like to think so. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, no, she was great. Um, so are we just going to talk about the best actress category? Let's do it. And then we can we'll, – we'll just talk. All right. Um, so for best actress, we also had Salma Hayek as Frida nominated, which I thought she was really good in that. She's really good. I feel like she's up. I I definitely feel like if Nicole Kidman, like, if the hours wasn't made or something, I feel like Frida would be a close. Like, it's for me, would be really a hard call between the two of them because they both are playing. Well, Frida, you know, obviously was like a real. Well, they're both real people that they're playing. So I don't know. They both just did such a good job playing these characters, is all I'm trying to say. They did. And I know with Frida. Um, Frida, like, it was Selma Hayek's passion project. Like, she wanted to get this made, and Julie Tamper directed it, and I don't know, she had such, like, an uphill battle, like, knowing the behind the scenes of how Harvey Weinstein made this film, like, hell for her. Yeah, what was up with, didn't he say, like, this, like, you're ugly, or, like, what, what? It was just everything. I mean, a lot of, like, the Me Too stuff, but also the yeah, just there was going to be no campaigning for her. There was, you know, the typical Harvey Weinstein stuff where he would interfere 
on set and be like, this needs to be like this way, that way, just the micromanaging the like the very stereotypical Harvey Weinstein things. It's just I felt like she felt like he was like bullying her, like especially had it out for her. She probably he might did. Have. Also, she said no to him a lot, so I'm mm. I'm sure he loved that. Right. But I, I think her performance is very good. I agree. I was gonna say that just made me think, um I heard he did the same thing for the hours. Like he hated Nicole Kidman's nose and also the score. Yeah, which I love the Philip Glass score. Yeah, I do too. Anyway, what a hater. And those are the some of the things that I think really make the movie and it's like I don't know. I'm like, what does he know? It's true. It's also crazy. It's a, it's so crazy, too, how he was like, oh, yeah, Nicole Kidman is going to be my girl. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that doesn't take away. Renelle, Renee Zellweger was nominated for Chicago. and She does a great job. and Yeah. And I know that, like, she won the next year for Cold Mountain. And Harvey Weinstein kind of got her that year. Mm. But um, I don't know. I I when we watched the hours too, I was thinking like I was so captivated by Julianne Moore's performance mm-hmm. that I feel like I was like, why wasn't he campaigning for her? Yeah, because I don't know. I'm she's won an Oscar now, but I think Julianne Moore is a very underrated actress. I agree. I I don't know how many nominations does she even have. I wonder like. Probably a lot. I mean, two this year. She's nominated for Far From Heaven for Best Actress and then The Hours for Best Supporting. Yeah. And then we have Diane Lane for Unfaithful, which is very – it's a it's an interesting one, but she's a great actress. So, Yeah. All great actresses, honestly. I know. And it's all, like, people that I know and, like, love. Same. Yeah. I, that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> no. I mean, well, usually they're good or, like, there's someone, like – you don't know. Yeah. That's always the case, actually, for the Oscars for me, where I'm like, oh, I don't know that person. I gotta, gotta see what they're all about. Yeah. Well, Nicole Kidman won, and I guess, you know, good for her. Oh, yeah. She's, she's the bee's knees. I, I love Nicole Kidman. Um, best actor went to Adrian Brody for The Pianist. Love him. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. And this was a great film, despite... Despite the director. Despite Roman Polanski. What I... Okay. What I don't understand is how did Roman Polanski even make this movie? Like, where where is he... Like... He fled to France, so... He just can't come to the U.S. Yeah. But he can film elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And s- still get nominated. I don't know. It's just interesting. To me. I mean, in 2003, yeah. I think, like, he can't be nominated anymore. Like, after it's, you know, this is, like, such a year where I feel like we have to be, like, oh, for the time? Uh Uh-huh. This, you know, we have to think about it with a 2003 lens because so many people, like, Roman Polanski cannot get nominated for another Oscar. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein is no... It's like the Me Too era has happened. Me Too, yeah. Like separating uh, the person from their art or whatever, even if they'd done terrible things. Because like in 2003, everyone was able to do that. 
Yeah. Well, I even read, like, even the girl that he abused that when she was, like, 13, it, she came out and said, oh, like, I don't hold anything against him and his, something like his art should, like, he should be, his art should be judged on the, basically on if it's good or not, not about him as a per. like, there's something about the separation of it, which is so weird to me. Like, giving someone like that so much grace, I guess, and... It is very true. I mean, I think it is easier, if we're going to talk about that, it is easier for, like, a Roman Polanski to do the pianist uh-huh. and tell this, like, very, like, important story. Yeah. It's easier to separate that art from the person. It's different when it's, like, a Woody Allen film, where mm-hmm. you're like, wait a second, but all these, your main characters are just you, and sometimes they literally are you. Yeah. So... You can separate it in that way. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, the movie is good, and Adrian Brody's amazing. It's one of those performances where it's, like, that career-defining performance, too. Like, yeah. I don't know. What are the other nominees? Because, in my mind, Adrian Brody... <laughs> is the only one? Is the only one. Well, we have Nicolas Cage for adaptation as Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman. And then we got Michael Caine, the Quiet American. As Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> as Thomas Fowler. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis, Gangs of New York, as Bill the Butcher Cutting. And Jack Nicholson about Schmidt as Warren R. Schmidt. So there you have it. Okay. Which, um, meh. I mean, I, I definitely feel like Adrian Brody deserved this win. For sure. Nicolas Cage was good, though. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about Nicolas Cage in adaptation? I I liked him a lot. I I'm confused by his hair. <laughs> <laughs> like that can't be his real hair, right? Because I read like that one. I know he has like he's kind of baldish in some spots. Yeah, I know that. But like the way his hair curled, like I'm so confused because it's almost like a fro. And I'm like, wait, is that they? What did they do to? I meant to like look it up, but you know. I'll have to do that later, I guess. Um, I don't know. He's very Nick Cage. Yeah. That's another thing where it's really hard to look through a 2003 lens because Nicolas Cage is now such a a meme. That's true. How do we not think of him as a meme when we look back? Where, like, adaptation, I enjoyed adaptation. Yeah. And I think his performance is good. But it is so hard for me, personally, to not think of Nick Cage as Moonstruck and, like, the bees. I I know what you're saying. I also go to Moonstruck. And, yeah, you're right. Just, he's, I've never seen the the movie with the bees. Is it called The Bee Man? Oh. It's The Wicker Man. Wicker Man. There we go. But, okay, but that's a lie, though. I think it's just because an adaptation, Nick. Nick Cage is doing the manic Nick Cage yeah. thing, but it's in a, it's in, in a different setting, and it's a, it's different. It's like used properly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like in an action film where Nick Cage is just like being Nick Spazzy. Cage. Yeah, but I actually enjoyed him in Matchstick Men, which came out in two thousand three. I haven't seen that one either. It's Ridley Scott. Sam Rockwell's in it as well. Oh, it's where he plays like a dude with like OCD and stuff. It if he. He tones it down. Like, he, like, reels okay. it in. But, um, I don't know. Properly used Nick Cage. Can't go wrong, I suppose. Nah. This was not his year. This was Adrian Brody and Daniel Day-Lewis. 
Yeah. For I sure. don't think anyone else had a had a chance. shot. No. Yeah. I already forgot the nominees after that. I like in I don't know. Yeah. No, same. Um I don't know. Adrian Brody is just the best. Also, he was like the youngest actor there, right? To also, I, I I guess when you think about it, actors don't get nominated a lot in, unless they're like 30 or older, right? That's true. I mean, uh, this is another thing where it brings up a lot of these issues that like aren't fun. Yeah. Because like it is ageism because women, once you're 32 or 30, you're like subjected to mother roles. Mm-hmm. Um, men have a lot of grace to age with grace. Mm-hmm. So, (laughs) everything that's problematic with the Oscars. I know. Well, just for the industry in general or with life. But if you never tell your age, you know what? No one has to know. I I agree. I don't know. People have been asking me too lately. and I don't know why. I, I feel like maybe I shouldn't answer. Maybe I should stop answering. I think... Until you're 35, you're either 20 or 25. Like, 25. Okay. No one needs to know how actually like, you're 27 or whatever. Like, 25. 25, yeah. And even if you're 30. and 25. 25. Which is like, I'm young. I get it. You know, you know, like, in those episodes of The Nanny... Where, like, every single year for her birthday, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm turning 29. I'm 29. And she's uh-huh. like, just forever 29. I get it now. I do, too. I get it. And I'm, we're not even. We're not there We're not yet. even 29. No. But <laughs> I get the get the idea behind it. I do, too, because people really do judge you. And I think. I think that's my biggest regret of, like, the past year. Yeah. Because when you do turn 25, like, your currency goes down as an actor and i don't know we don't talk about me being an actor a lot on this podcast because i think that's silly but you are nikki you are kind of sort of but i got a new agent Mm -hmm. recently it didn't go as i planned but i gave my real age Mm -hmm. and my gut was saying lie and you should always be like I should have said 23. And I oh think because people put in your mind, like, if you actually say your age, even if you're not that old, people put, they have, like, these weird ideas about how old you are, especially for women. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So your agent, like, you can, you give them your age? Like, do they, do they not look at your license, your driver's license or anything? Or, like, they don't verify? I mean, even if they do, like, I feel like, I just feel like. They probably don't. Like, this isn't, like, the government. Yeah. But also, if you, like, you're lying, you're lying. I don't know. What are they going to do? You know, like, Dang. But but they could think of you in a different way if you like, are, like, I'm 26. You should start saying, like, 18. You know what I mean? But I know this is, like, a tangent. Yeah. I do think we think about men and women differently. And I think we're a lot more judgmental about ages. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like. If you're young, if you're old, if you're, I don't know. It's just weird. I agree. No, I agree. It's, it, it ain't right. Ain't right. Ain't tight. Exactly. Um, that, oh, best supporting actor. 
And yes, I did skip over Best Director. I don't know if you want to talk about it. No. I don't personally want to talk about Roman Polanski. I don't. Roman Polanski. No, I don't, actually. Cool. I no think, relation. Yes. <laughs> I do think um, Stephen Daldry did a great job. And I think you know what? Rob Marshall's great. I agree. Stephen Daldry is a director for the hours. Yes. Um, but also, yes. And Chica- Chicago was also great. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this category. I agree. We just... <sighs> keep it light, keep it tight. I know we've talked about a lot of depressing things, so hopefully yeah, for the rest of the show we can just turn like... <laughs> let's turn the speed around. <laughs> turn the speed around. Oh. Talking about supporting actors. So Chris Cooper for Adaptation won, um, but also nominated was Ed Harris for The Hours. Paul Newman for Road to Perdition, John C. <laughs> Riley for Chicago, um, and Christopher Walken for Catch Me If You Can. Oh, I love Christopher Walken. What if I was just like, instead, I was like, Christopher Walken for Country Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Country Bears. John C. Riley for Step Brothers. That didn't happen this year, but, you know. Yeah. Ah. Uh, um... My only thoughts on this category is I read some reviews about Ed Harris's performance where they were not a fan of him in the hours. But when I was talking earlier about like best supporting actors, like doesn't matter the screen time. It's like what you do with the performance. I think of Ed Harris. That's what he does with so little screen time. It, It deeply moved me. Yeah. And, um. I don't know. I'm always going to think of him when I think of Best Supporting Actor. I I completely agree. I mean, Chris Cooper, he all right. But, like, honestly, okay, Adaptation, I don't know if I really loved it. It was okay. It was interesting. The movie itself, like, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it. But, I mean, I liked it. Some of it I'm like, eh. Um, but his character is not really likable. And and it's not just his missing teeth. It's just like <laughs> something about him freaks me out. Like there's like a darkness or something, but it's not in like a. I don't feel too sympathetic towards him for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's the drugs that he's making from the orchids, or if it's like I don't. I don't know if it's just because he's in the swamp all the time. And I know I love Shrek, and he's in the swamp, <laughs> but like I don't know. I'm just babbling, but. No, Ed Harris. Yeah, I think he deserved it more. Just is my personal feeling. I feel like on the adaptation tip, like that movie to me is a screenplay movie. Mm Hmm. I don't know. It had too many layers for me. Like, just I mean, I like the idea, but then I, I don't know. I just really wrestled with whether I liked it or not, and I'm I still haven't quite made up my mind. Have you seen Being John Malkovich? No, but I want to now because it, in the beginning they like talk about that and they like you know like it. I've heard a lot about that movie. Have you you've seen it? I have. It's I have similar feelings, especially like in the beginning regarding like John Cusack's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird. It's a Spike Jones thing, I suppose. And I I suppose if you even think about her, like Joaquin Phoenix's performance, while it's good, there's some deeply unsettling. He, they, all of his characters, like main dude characters, are like dude characters unsettle me. Yeah, to a weird degree. 
Yeah. But the script is always good. Like, screenplay is always excellent. So it's a mixed bag for me. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Ed Harris, like, there is something unsettling about the, just what happens. But he's, like, his, the, like, I don't know, the character he plays is just, like, you can sympathize for him and get, like, emo- like I don't know. It, emotions were brought out for me. And that, I think, is what makes a performance. I think so. I think I've been thinking a lot lately because of the Oscars, this year's Oscars. Mm -hmm. And like, it really bothers me. I don't know if you heard about Trevor Noah's comments about the Oscars, like our movies that feel like homework and that they're like eating your vegetables and no one wants to do it and they don't represent what people are actually watching. Mm -hmm. And that really bothers me because we've been doing the series and we've been talking about all these films and seeing these movies and some of these movies like the hours, like a lot of these movies are homework. Yes. I agree. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like as lame as that sounds, like that's why like in school you read these books that, that are literally homework or you see these films that challenge you. Yeah. And, challenge your way of thinking can shape your way of thinking we can't be everyone and walk in everyone's shoes just physically right but we can when we watch a film and you don't get that by just watching like marvel movies i i totally agree and to circle it back to ed harris's performance in the hours or just everyone's performance in the hours Mm -hmm. that's a movie that like on paper is a homework movie yeah but it is palatable for everyone, I think. You just have to get over the bias that it's for snooty people and the Oscars are for snooty people. It's not. I think it's uh, It's also like, it's also an LGBTQ movie, which I didn't know going into it. I thought these three women were going to be sisters. I didn't know. Just based on, off the um, movie poster, it tells you nothing. The movie poster doesn't give you any information. It's just the three ladies. But if you look closely, you can kind of tell their outfits are kind of... I just thought they had different styles, but they do look like they're in different times. And that is what the movie is about. Like these three different women living their lives and three different, you know, they're like different decades apart and stuff. And it's all circled around um, Mrs. Dalloway, Virginia Woolf's book. Yeah. But I I didn't know Virginia Woolf was bisexual. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it's kind of cool to have something like that in the mainstream at the time. You know? Oh, yeah. And like Chicago's a film that's a crowd pleaser lord of the rings is a crowd pleaser like yeah i don't know i i don't know it's it's very weird it's it's very weird where we're at right now but with film with film yeah but i i don't know i i think it's really even in this category though like catch me if you can is not it's a palatable movie it was a blockbuster movie yeah, Chicago was too. Road to, Road to Perdition came out in the summer, and oh, I think that was like a one of those like we got to give Paul Newman something mm. because he's, Paul, he's Newman. Paul Newman. Yeah, but yeah, like a lot of these movies are like mainstream films, blockbuster films. So I don't know. I a good film's a good film, and. It's it's a very interesting argument 
for dum-dums, I think. I'm, I feel like <laughs> I'm like a crotchety. I feel like I am Martin Scorsese being like, I hate Marvel movies. Yeah. But, you know. I get it, it though. Is what it is. Like when formulas are played out and things like that. Um, I did like, you know, like in adaptation, like um, Nicolas Cage, like his character's motivation um, for... I guess it was, gosh, I keep forgetting his name. I, 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 it wasn't Richard George. I know there's Donald. There's Charlie, Charlie. And Donald. It's Charlie Kaufman. Um, but how he struggles, but he wants to make this story that's not like Hollywood. It's so interesting, like, to me, that he's trying to do something different and not tie everything up in a bow or do things you expect. And I don't know. I just kind of loved that idea. I felt like his character was really relatable as well. Just because of the all the angst and then like not like sitting down to write or do something and then not doing it. Oh, for sure. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, I do think Dude. like movies are important like that. Those homework movies. For sure. Sorry. I feel like I'm either talking a little or like a lot. <laughs> I feel like this blue pill's really set, set in in a weird way because I'm like, I want to say so much about that, but yeah. I cannot verbalize. I cannot verbalize it. That is okay, Nick. You're doing great. Thanks. <laughs> but oh. Catherine Zeta-Jones wins for Velma Kelly for Best Supporting Actress. Yes. Which, yes. She was I great. loved her. So good. So good. And did you know that she fought to have her hair in a bob because they originally wanted it long? And she was like, I want everyone to know that's watching this film that that was me dancing and not like a stunt double yeah you tell him also it's in like isn't it in the 20s mm-hmm. so i mean they all wore bobs bobs were that was the look no one had long hair and i mean not really really not if you were cool she was cute well she was the coolest i love velma kelly she was the coolest but I have, like, such a soft spot for musical theater anyways, and Chicago is one of my favorites. And just anyways. Yeah. So. I, I found myself singing along because I knew some of the – I went through a phase, like, maybe, t- like, I don't know, like, eight, ten years ago. I just went through this phase of listening to Chicago or watching, like, some of the – um. I think it was, like, the play or something. I don't know exactly how it came into my feed of things, but I was on YouTube and I went and took a deep dive. And it stuck with me, and the music stuck with me, and the way they, you know, didn't do the cell block tango and everything. It all stuck with me. It probably started with some memes, actually, now that I think about it. I don't know what memes they were, but I think it was, I don't know. I'm going on a tangent. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I've gone on a lot of tangents, too. You can't go wrong with some Fosse. Yeah. Fosse and all that jazz. All that jazz. Kathy Bates was also nominated for All About Schmidt, Queen Latifah, Chicago, oh, um, yes. Julianne Moore for The Hours, and Meryl Streep for Adaptation. Which, you know, it was cool to see Meryl Streep in a couple different movies as well. It was. I don't know. I love Meryl. I do, too. She's uh, Meryl Streep. I've been thinking about Meryl Streep a lot lately. I'm not going to go on a tangent, I promise. I've just been thinking about her a lot lately. And she's the goat for a reason. Yeah, is all I'll say. Like she's so good, so good. Um, I really love Julianne more in the hours. So, but I feel like a star. Like this is like Catherine Zeta Jones was just very captivating, and she was. Yeah, 
And this was Nicole Kidman's year. So. Yeah. It, you know, you don't, the hours, I feel like that's where, where the hours got it. Ag- Nicole Kidman. Agreed. Yeah, Julianne Moore, her time. Her time will, you know. Gazing into the future. <laughs> Gazing into the future from 2003. Yeah. I which we I, currently are. I think, like, in 2015, she might win an Oscar. <laughs> Just a feeling. Wow. Well, what else do we have? To Best original, original screenplay? Yeah. So for best original screenplay, we have Talk to Her, Pedro Alm- Almodovar. I don't know if I'm probably saying that wrong. There's Far From Heaven, Todd Haynes, Gangs of New York, um, Jay Cox, Stephen Zalian, Zalian, gosh, and Kenneth Lonergan. Lonergan. Kenneth Lonergan's a playwright, though. Oh, phew. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Oh, You're welcome. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Nia Berdalos. Ber- yeah. Yeah. And Etu Mama Tembien, Carlos Caron, and Alfonso Caron. Oh, the the brothers, right? Are they brothers? I think so. I'm just guessing. I mean, I know Alfonso Caron. He did Prisoner of Azkaban and Gravity and Roma. Yeah. Um. He's so great. I think I think in my 2000, <laughs> I think his time is going to come too, where he's going to win an Oscar. Gazing <laughs> oh. into the future. But yeah, this is the year that Mama Mia. It was like a cultural phenomenon. Also, Meryl Streep again. Mamma Mia? Right. Meryl Ma- Streep's in Mamma Mia? Wait. Or not Mamma Mia. Fuck. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mamma <laughs> Mia. I was just going along with you. Oh, my God. No, it was uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> Mamma Mia. Oh, my God. That's so embarrassing, too. It's that pill, Nick. It is. Oh, my God. It's so shameful. I'm Italian, and I can't... I'd, I'm getting the Italians and the Greeks confused. <laughs> How dare you? Well, if, Wait, you, yeah. if you think about it, though, Mamma Mia is in Greece as well. That's true. See? Thank you, Brie. <laughs> this is too confusing. <laughs> this is like me and La La Land and Moonlight. I don't know. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I, I no one fact check <laughs> I have loved doing these Oscar deep dives with you, Brie. Yeah, but I am so ready to talk about really dumb things I from the early two thousands. That's what it is, because you know we're gonna be talking about Mamma Mia soon. I think and my like, big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> yes, which okay. Why was it? Why why didn't my big fat Greek wedding win for best original screenplay? I'm I upset. Don't, I think. I think Talk to Her is more of a quote-unquote Oscar film, for sure. Right. But but like I was saying, just with the wrong movie title, My Big Fat Greek Wedding was a sleeper hit. It was literally a cultural phenomenon. And also, and we'll talk about this more because we're going to actually do an episode of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. But this was like a ground up yes. production and it's it's a crazy thing just story it's also like a crazy it's just crazy how everything all snowballed for her yeah for that film and i think like at least she got the nomination i would liken it to like get out's nomination Mm. a couple years ago because it's one of those movies where you're like horror's not gonna win an oscar Mm -hmm. but it's changed like the way we view horror films, mm. which Get Out did. And I think the way we viewed 
essentially rom-coms. The way we viewed like those kind of movies of that ilk. Yeah. My Big Fat Greek Wedding kind of, it, it opened, it opened some doors. It opened some, you know, some windows and some doors. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is great just to be nominated, but I don't know. My vote would be for My Big Fat Greek Wedding. But I think I just it's because I'm biased. And I love that movie so I love much. That movie. Well, it's also like when it was either the Academy or the Golden Globes or both, where Bridesmaids was nominated. It's because you have to take notice when something is literally like shifting the culture. Mm-hmm. The Academy, like you have to. Yeah, that's when that's when like that quote. If you make you make something so good that people have to notice, mm-hmm. those are like applicable moments. Amen. So my big fat Greek wedding, man. I talked about that last night. My boyfriend and I were talking about that last night. You've been talking about that movie a lot, just in general. But hey. We're going to put a pin in that. I know. I feel like I could keep going, too, but... I don't know. The story keeps me going. But... <laughs> oh. But Best Adapted Screenplay, The Pianist, mm-hmm. About a Boy, Adaptation, Chicago, The Hours. Okay. Oh, and The Winner's The Pianist. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's good. (sighs) (sighs) Okay. (sighs) Okay. There's. Maybe I'm retracting what I said before. What did you say? About the pianist. I. Okay. In in ways, I get best director. Yeah. In all the ways, I get Adrian Brody for best actor. For best adapted screenplay. I would have loved to see more love for the hours. That's what I was thinking. Like, literally, I wish. Okay, because Chicago was good and I like how they adapted it. But how... the hours, the way I think it was very innovative, the way they told the story, the way that none of the characters really were even in the same room at the same time. I mean, until the very end or whatever, just the, the like, it's like the way that they tied it together and um flashed between these i mean we're in like 1941 we're in 1920 oh no 1923 uh, we're in 1951 51 51 2001 2001 and when whenever virginia wolf is i don't know well in real life she killed herself in 41 some somewhere around there i guess so yeah actually yeah i think you're right yeah so we're in three different times, three different stories about three different people, and I don't know, just the way they decided to tie it all together, and I don't know. You just gotta see it. You have to see it. I feel like this movie's underrated. It is. It's got great actresses, which really helps because the performances are so good. It's like you can't not like it like i feel like i was very entertained the story is very well done too it is a it's a screenplay thing it's a director thing it's a very well done story where you're never gonna notice the runtime it's not gonna feel like homework besides the fact that we have in our minds that it's homework yeah it's it's so good i also think like this is like the wild card one for winning but adaptation i feel like if if anything Kind of showing love for adaptation in this adapted screenplay category would have been, would have been interesting. Would have been cool. Best animated feature. Oh yeah, 
Spirited Away 1 um, by Hayao Miyazaki, uh, Ice Age, uh, Lilo and Stitch, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, <laughs> and Treasure Planet. <laughs> um, I've seen all these films because that's how old I was in 2003. Right? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Ice Age was great, but, like, Spirited Away? <laughs> Hot take. Ice Age is overrated. Yeah. It also doesn't, like, this whole list, like, every movie other than Spirited Away is just kind of, like, hard to take seriously because it's, like, literal children's movies, which, like, I know that sometimes children's movies have been, have won in this category because they have, like, heart and things like that. Like, like I feel like Toy Story is really good. It's a yeah. good story. This um, isn't a Toy Story 3. Like, no, Spirit? Spirit Dying was not. Cimarron? No. No. And I saw that movie as an eight-year-old. I was front row in that theater. I remember the day. But, uh. Yeah. But, yeah. No. Um. Spirited Away is definitely the winner. Yeah. For me. For everyone. I don't know. It's like we were listening earlier to an Ebert and Roper, like, segment on the best movies of 2003. And, um, Roper was basically, like, if you don't, if the Academy doesn't pick Spirited Away, they've, like, lost They've lost me, like, to paraphrase. So good. So true. Well, Spirited Away, I don't know, I could write a whole paper on it. Yeah. But Spirited Away is, like, one of those first movies for me that, like, as far as a story, it's it, it's one of the reasons why I love movies so much, I think. Like, actual movies. Like, yeah. of course I was a kid who, like, loved a good julia roberts or like a sandra bullock flick but like actual movies and made me think mm-hmm. especially chihiro being so young yeah i don't know it's it's a special film you don't get a lot of those as a kid but that's what i love about miyazaki's work is like like i'm a big fan of we've talked about this mm-hmm. i think in our first ep but like i don't know everything he makes it it does make you kind of think and question things and especially as a youth i think it's really cool that he can tap into something where it speaks to you and then even as an adult going back and re-watching things like you it still is like a story that um is good and means something i don't know i think it means a little more when you're an adult like i've seen spirited away recently and the meaning it's it's still there I want to rewatch it. I haven't watched it in a few years, but I love that movie. And it's like, it's not the same. Like, if you rewatch Ice Age, you're just going to be like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Lilo and Stitch, I, I watched semi recently, and it's a very good film. Uh, what does he say? What is it? Um, uh, Lilo. Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> um, damn. I, don't, I forgot what means fam- something. Is oh, it Mahana? Oh, Hala means family. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> um best original score went to frida but also nominated was catch me if you can far from heaven the hours and road to partition perdition partition beyonce on the brain partition, please <laughs> um I mean, yeah, Brie thoughts. I don't know. I'm a Philip Glass stand. So. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, as much as I I did enjoy the score for Frida, I 
I think the hours, Philip Glass, he should have won. That loud ass piano was like really vibing with me. Like just the dun 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 dun. You know, obviously it didn't sound just like that, but <laughs> no, yeah, you know, um, it created a whole tone and was it was like throughout the movie, um. Oh, I found out a fun fact about this movie as well. I went on like a deep dive with this one because the hours yeah. spoke to me so much. You know that scene where, um, just I guess because we're speaking about the music. That has nothing to do with, with um, Philip Glass, though. It's Meryl Streep. You know where she's playing that opera music? That was her idea. And like the director loved it. But oh, Meryl Streep is so good. She's genius. Those instincts, man. Anyway. The music was just so good. Um, it's one of those things it, where, like, a score really does add to a film. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like for Frida, like, I kind of think... I wish it won more or was nominated for other things. Like, I feel like film editing would have been a good one. Like, mm-hmm. for just the way that certain things fade into each other. And I know that's probably, like, art direction, too. Anything like that, because that's a very clever way to tell that story. And which is, like, a very Julie Tambor thing to do, or Tambor thing to do. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, how, like, her paintings, it would be... How do you describe that? So, it, yeah, it'd be, like, her painting... Either the actors would fade into, like, this image of the painting of one of Frida Kahlo's paintings, or vice versa. The painting would fade away and, like... All of a sudden, the actors would be standing there, and it is just the way it was cut together was just very seamless and magical and dreamy, but like clean. So I just feel like someone needs props, whoever stitched that together, because that had to be a lot of work. Because you're setting up the frame to be like a perfect like for the painting, like the faces and everything to line up perfectly and just like fade. And it does look seamless. Yeah. Or, like, the way they add in, like, oh, there's some flowers or, like, something in the background. Because it's, like, her imagination. You kind of get to see her imagination, um, like, a visual representation of her imagination. Yep. So, I don't know. I feel like that should have been – I feel like Frida should have won for that. Um, that. But I don't know. No, I agree. I think – I don't know, because I've been doing my own deep dives. I've been researching a lot of, about Black Swan and – um. And about how that those effects, because how they would seamlessly do, like, from, like, the double to Natalie Portman. and Yeah. It, it, I A lot of people don't think about that. That's, like, one of those, like, movie magic things. But it actually does play an important part, especially with Frida. Yeah. Because that kind of, it makes Frida special. Right. So. Yeah. I don't know. That's my hot take. Um, also, I think, like... I know I'm getting off track, but I feel like costumes, too. Anyway. (laughs) Music. uh, I say The Hours should have won for original score, but... Agreed. And best original song, we have Lose Yourself. (laughs) Which, honestly, in this category, I don't know these... I don't remember these other songs. Even the one from Chicago, I don't... That was the end song. Like, the credit song. Oh. Because they can't use... Or it's original song, so that's the only one they could use, and I'm sure that they included that song only so they could get that nomination. 
Oh. Because, like, all that jazz can't be nominated for... Right, because it wasn't original. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Do we do we need to go over that? I just... Lose Yourself's a banger. Yeah. Lose Yourself is a banger. Um, I wonder how Eminem felt about that. What do you mean? Like, winning. I feel like it's so, like, out of all the other nominations, it's just, like, it's kind of random, but it's such a bop. Eight Mile's a good movie, too. I... I really liked Eight Mile, and I really like Lose Yourself, and I feel like for the first hip-hop song to be, that is just, it's perfect. It is. Yeah, and that that song, well, because, you know, this category is, you know, whatever song, like, original song pro- helps propel this film and, like, adds to this film and tells a story. Lose Yourself is the quintessential, like, original song. Yeah. If you think about it from that, it's like, become, by definition. Yeah. It's become really iconic, too, like, um, afterwards. <laughs> like, we all th- just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like it has a lot of cultural impact. It's funny, though, seeing Barbara Streisand announce <laughs> Lose <laughs> I Yourself. I love that. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's kind of like that moment, um, like, in 2006 when uh, It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp Wins, <laughs> and everyone is, like, it's all these people being, like, woo, like, so, like, the whiteies in it's the audience. It's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> and everyone's, like, woo. It's, I love when all the worlds collide. I love that. But. In 2003, though, way different time, and it's it's crazy, but cool. Yeah, agreed. Um, Road to Perdition actually wins for Best Cinematography against Chicago, Far From Heaven, Gangs of New York, and The Pianist. Surprised, actually. And it was a posthumous award for Conrad Hall. Oh, posthumous. What does that mean? Posthumous. Um, he did. Oh, he's dead? Yeah, he died. He died before he could accept this award? Yeah. Oh, dang. Well, that sucks. <laughs> All right. And speaking of art direction, oh. I would agree with you on Frida, which it was nominated along with Gangs of New York, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Road to Perdition. Chicago wins. Yeah. I get that, though. I get that. No, I feel like Chicago... Yeah. I totally get that. I love their art direction, too. Same. I feel the same way with costume design. Same. I mean, my girl, Colleen Atwood. She is amazing. She knows what she's doing. And Gangs of New York, Sandy Powell, The Hours, the Pianist, Frida. But yeah, Chicago. Like, Colleen Atwood went hard on those costumes for Chicago. She really did. Even, like, the um basic, like, not... uh. Like the jail. Yeah. Garb. Everything. John C. Riley's suit. Yeah. Oh, but I just think of Roxy Hart's, like, silver number. Oh, my God. To die for. Oh, yes. The glittery, like, um, like, when she's in the spotlight and, oh, just sparkling. Also, that's what I think of when I think of Chicago, is just... Renee Zellweger's costume. Mm-hmm. So. The black beads and fringe and all that so jazz. Good. And all that jazz. 
And then best makeup. This one I was really confused about because I was like, wait. So we've got Frida, the time machine. And then I was thinking the hours, obviously, because of the fake nose. And Julianne Moore's like old people makeup. But I guess um, I think they got disqualified for the the nose because they used some type of CGI or some type of editing that made it look seamless. Oh. But meh. It is what it is, I suppose. I suppose. But it's not often you only have two that are nominated for makeup, right? So random. Feels weird. So random. Uh, so random. <laughs> Film editing went to Chicago. Best sound went to Chicago. And visual effects went to Lord of the Rings. But Lord of the Rings was up against Spider-Man. And uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Hmm. Which... I don't know. I feel like I get Spider-Man, especially through this lens. Yeah. Um, But I feel like episode two is like, it's just like, oh, we have to acknowledge Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those like pity awards. We just have to acknowledge them. They've been making things and. I know. I don't know. And it was such a big box office success and you're still riding high on the Phantom Menace. We haven't really realized that that's not really a good film yet. Right. Only in retrospect. Oh, man. I don't know. We were still in Jar Jar Binks denial. I know. I'm literally thinking about Jar Jar Binks. Like, at the time, thinking, oh, wow, this is fun. This is cool. Everyone hates Jar Jar Binks. Or at least they do now. Oh, I think they... I think it's one of those things that go... Like, do you know when, like, your nostalgia button is just, like, turned on and I feel like nothing will, like, it's just, like, your brain's foggy. I feel like that's what happened with, with like, that episode, like, one, two, three of Star Wars. Yeah. But especially with, like, a Jar Jar Binks situation where you're like, it's good, right? Mm-hmm. Right? It was funny. <laughs> right? Right. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about the visual effects because I'm not like a huge fan of I'm not like a big Star Wars person. Like I've seen some of the movies. Um, I've only seen part of one Lord of the Rings and that was that's enough for me. Yeah, we Brie and I don't partake in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. We don't believe in it. It's against our religion. Just like um Oh man, just like Game of Thrones. <laughs> don't partake. Don't believe in it. Yep. Um but did yeah. love a Spider Man's. Spider-Man's cool. I don't. I mean, I don't even know what other movie could have been nominated anyways, especially this year. And that's what I'm trying to think of, too, as far as visual effects go. I mean, I guess something to keep that nose looking right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Why wasn't The Hours nominated for that? I'm just kidding. Lord of the Rings makes total sense, though, through the 2003 lens. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they didn't have a lot of movies where they used, like, anything too crazy, but the... The, um... Like the big ones. Or if they did, these were the cream of the crop. Because I've seen like, have you ever seen Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale? No. It's a a dragon movie that came out in 2002. You would think it came out in 1992. Like those special effects were terrible. Oh man, I really want to watch it now. (laughs) I love like bad, like movies with like just terrible effects. It gets me going. Well, this one will will get you real going. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Plus, I love Matthew McConaughey. 
All right, all right, all right. But, but yeah. Um, well, well. Any well, final thoughts? Fun. My final thoughts are Chicago deserved to win Best Picture. And I don't care what anyone says. Um, the Hours is a great film. And my big takeaway is even if these Oscar films seem like homework, do your homework and you'll change as a human. Yeah. I've, I've really so much enjoyed watching these movies that I haven't seen before and just I feel a little more well-rounded, you know? Yeah, I do too. It's good to get different perspectives, even in watching movies that aren't blockbusters and uh, you know what I mean? I always say expand your mind sometimes. Yeah. I really love doing the series with you. I'm sure we'll do Me it too. again. I think we will, you know? I'm sure. We'll circle back. There's other years in the 2000s. Exactly. Are there, though? <laughs> no. Are we still... We could have... We could do Academy Awards 2000 and just talk about American Beauty and be very problematic. Uh-huh. Um, we could talk about 2004 and watch Monster. Mm. Uh, do 2006 watch The Departed or 2007? The Departed. The Departed. Yeah. And just say The Departed all the time. The There's still options. The Departed. The Departed. <laughs> That's all the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, no. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun. Looking forward to um, watching more movies. I and know. Talking about it. And then what's next week's episode? Is it Mamma Mia? Something tells Un me Memento. Here we go again. It's Mamma Mia. Woo-hoo! We're back with Movie Club. We haven't movie clubbed in a, a long time, too. So, yay. That'll be really fun. That'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Same. Ah, we have a really late. I'm not going to give it all away. But the next two months, we're going to keep it late, keep it tight. Yeah. And it's going to be really fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yeah. But you can follow us at the Late to the Party Pod on Instagram, or email us with any movie club ideas or episode ideas, or just to say hey at the Late to the Party Pod at Gmail. Yeah. And Twitter's at LTTP Pod. And you can follow me on all social medias at Nick D. Jensen. And you can follow me. On social medias at Brie underscore Bacona. Yeah. But yeah, well, we will see you next week. And yeah. Yeah. That's all for now. That's all, folks. Bye. Bye bye.